You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down the Auburn Tigers men's basketball win over the Kentucky Wildcats. Yes, the rivalry is renewed. Auburn and Kentucky go down to the wire with Auburn, thankfully this time coming out on top by the score of 75 to 66. Your Auburn Tigers are victorious in a knockdown drag out match for the ages for the heart of the SEC. Uh, we have won. So we're going to break down all of the storylines, the scores, the stats, everything in between from this game. We're going to break it down here. But with, the, with that, my co-host, Mr. Drew Hoover. Drew, welcome to a 30-minute edition after the game. I, mean, I think I'm still pretty hyped. I can barely get my words out right now. Yeah, it, it was a really good game. Uh, I, get, I don't know. Like, I'm not as hyped. I, I guess it's just one of those that I feel, for me, or past the Auburn basketball should get hyped over a Kentucky win. I, I think it's business as usual. Okay, that's fair enough. And actually, you know, that's there was one moment there at the end of the game where I kind of had this feeling that the the students were wanting to rush the court, and I'm like, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't rush the court. For, that's it's not that big a deal anymore. I mean, Kentucky and the college basketball landscape is starting to see Auburn and Kentucky on somewhat of an even playing field right now. I think obviously they'd always give the edge to a blue blood in terms of Kentucky, but when it's on our home turf. The favorite was Auburn just by a few points, and thankfully they do cover uh, that spread that was set up there uh, by the score of 75 to 66. So you think that we shouldn't get excited about beating Kentucky anymore? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, it's a great win. It's a good win. I'm excited we beat them. But as just being, like, over the moon and all that, like, I'm not for some reason. I guess because, like, my mentality is I always have a – act like you've been there before type mentality Fair and enough. so I, I think i'm glad they didn't rush i'm glad that we played it the way we did and i'm glad that you know we won the game and we made ourselves look like we belong there uh, i'm t- i last year was fighting out of the the pit of auburn doesn't belong on this stage and i think this year is auburn fighting to say we do belong on this stage and we're staying on this stage and hopefully yeah. next year it is, hey, we're going to own this stage for, right. for as long as we can. Yeah, it did have the feeling of just kind of trying to remind Kentucky and everybody else, hey, last year wasn't a fluke. The year before that wasn't a fluke. This is the reality that you have to live in now is that for for one thing, when you come to Auburn Arena, you're going to have to fight to get a win. But for even more, that Auburn is here to stay as a power program and they are here to compete with the Kentuckys, the Floridas, 
uh, in the SEC and in the other great teams in college basketball as well. Uh, still hills to climb in that category, but it's nice to see where we stand at right now, especially being able to compete with the perennial power in the conference at this moment. Just a little bit of the game flow for those of you. I don't know why you weren't watching this game tonight, but just to let you know how kind of how it went down. First half, Kentucky had an early lead, which is the common thread for basketball games with Auburn this year. But then a lot of back and forth with Kentucky taking in a small lead at the half off of a last uh, couple seconds three-pointer. And then in the second half, there were a lot of lead changes again, but thankfully Kentucky got into a lot of foul trouble. There were a lot of fouls called in this game, uh, but that obviously favored Auburn a little bit more, but Auburn took advantage of having a few key players in some foul trouble and was able to secure uh, not a sizable lead, but a lead where you didn't have to sweat as much. And I think, Drew, that's the thing that kind of sticks out to me here is this did not come down to a last-minute possession. This was simply Auburn got a lead and was able to nurture it to the end, and it was very satisfying for me. Yeah, it is definitely one of those that – you felt about that three ten mark. I, I believe it was when um, Hagen's got fouled out. I didn't, I didn't think we won the game because Hagen's fouled out. I think we won the game because Auburn looked like the team that weren't scratching their heads at the moment, going, "Well, what do we do next?" It, it, it very much we knew that we were going to come down, not really bury the clock, but really just try and work the ball around the perimeter and tack the paint and. You know what? Auburn came out and with intentionality from the start of we're going to attack the paint. And other than a brief like 10 minute period, not even 10 minutes, like five minute period, whenever they toss that zone at us and we just kind of stared at it for a little <laughs> bit. Like we Auburn, Auburn had the game plan and did exactly what they wanted when they wanted most of the night. What you listeners don't know is that we have a little private group messaging thing where Drew and everybody else, for that matter, loves to chat, but also vent sometimes. And I, I could feel the angst coming from Drew and his comment about us just staring at the zone. So what what did what did perplex you or frustrated you about that? Because the with the zone, you do exactly what you've been doing the whole time, and it's attack the basket. You find where the open gaps are in between the top two defenders or even the wing defender and the baseline defender and just shoot the gap. And it was more open than the Lord opened the Red Sea when the Egyptian <laughs> or whenever the Hebrews crossed. Like it was vastly open at the top of the lane, and we just like, well, I guess we got to shoot threes now. We didn't have to shoot threes. We just had to keep attacking the basket. And we had about five or six possessions where we just did it. And it, Kentucky started to pull away a little bit. But then Bruce got a hold of somebody and said, if you don't start getting to the basket, I'm probably just going to kick you all in the teeth. And yeah. <laughs> there it went. A couple of things that I would have mentioned there, and let's let's dive a little de- deeper into this zone conversation here, because you're right, obviously that you know you when there is a zone against you, you want to drive it to the basket, and if available, kick it back out to for a three pointer if that's your option there. What I'm interested in is the decision by Kentucky to go to a zone which is in- intended to focus more on uh, the inside game and uh, kind of sacrifice a little bit of extra room on. Uh, the long distance shots here for a team like Auburn that had not been shooting great from outside the three point arc, even in this game. I mean, they did better uh, 26%, which is not uh, super great by most people's standards, but for Auburn this year, that's pretty good. Six to 23 from beyond the three uh, point arc. I'm just interested. Why would Kentucky switch to a zone 
and start doing that when we already weren't knocking down the shots. Any thoughts on that? I th- well, one, we weren't knocking down shots, so it wasn't a big worry as if we were going to shoot them out of it all of a sudden. Right. But I, I think the reality comes down to two facets. One, you s- McCormick still hadn't proven he was going to beat you or get the offense running quick enough to to really whip it around the zone. And so you have that working for you of, well, I mean, maybe this will just slow them down because Auburn was basically rolling and going to foul out everyone in Kentucky Royal Blue. Mm-hmm. If they didn't find a way to kind of contain and guard as a group. Yeah. I think the other thing was that, you know, sometimes things just throw you off for whatever reason of a different look of man. We did Kentucky doesn't really play zone. Like Cal doesn't like playing zones. And all of a sudden he tosses his zone out. It's not something you've really walked through. They play it a little bit differently. They're a long athletic team. Like, I mean, it does disturb you, but yeah. I, I'm really glad that Auburn took a breath even though it took a little bit longer than I anticipated and fixed fixed it and really talked it over and got it going. See, that's a good way to think about it. And I was more subscribing to less of uh, you know, us them giving us the three pointers, but more so protecting their already uh foul trouble laden team uh with the zone there. That's kind of what I took that as and uh just a move because let's be honest, there were a lot of fouls called in this game on both sides and I got the feeling at times that the refs were affecting the game a little bit more than they should have. Uh, any thoughts on that or opinions? Uh, gosh, the, the refs just in 2020 just got even worse <laughs> than they were. I mean, it's I, you feel for both sides because you hate when the refs make it about them. And it just seems like once we get in the SEC play, these aren't SEC refs. These are contracted refs. Uh, so I guess we can call them SEC refs, but they do all sorts of leagues. And it, it's just always a show for them. And you, right. I think both fan bases sit and watch games lately and just go, where's the foul? Or where was that call? Right. Why was that call not on the other end? Like, what's going on half the time? And there's just no rhyme or reason. And uh, refs need to just be consistent either be consistently bad or consistently good don't just be <laughs> consistently inconsistent yeah and i think there's gripes on both sides i think auburn got away with some i think kentucky got away with some i think kentucky fans right now are probably feeling like they got the short end of the stick i mean that's kind of the way it goes when you've got home court advantage it does just seem to go your way at times for whatever reason and the shoe could be on the other foot there when it comes to Auburn visiting Kentucky, uh, Kentucky later on this season. But thankfully, Auburn took advantage of some opportunities where whether the refs affected it or not, they just took advantage of opportunities that presented themselves. And one of those was limiting Ashton Hagens. And Drew, we've been talking a lot this season about comparing Isaac Okoro with the big name from the other team, if there is a big name on the other team. And it it seems like that's been a very prevalent topic throughout the season. So here we can have Hagens versus Isaac Okoro in this matchup of this game. Who wins this one? I mean, I think it's got to be Okoro stayed on the the court longer. Didn't turn the ball over. Like he did got to the line. Dude's got to make free throws though. Good gracious. Like, this game could have been put away a lot longer. That's a different soapbox for a different time. But, I, I mean, I think it is Okoro. Like, Okoro's defense is unmatched, especially mm-hmm. for a freshman. I mean, you just watch him towards the end of the game. I think it was, like, about the four-minute mark. He just started fronting 
whoever he was guarding. And that person did not touch the ball if he didn't want them to touch the ball. And it, it, the only reason he'd want them to touch the ball was to force them to go his way. And like that's just maturity beyond years, but that's also a talent that you can't teach. Yeah. Like you, you can teach how to be good at defense being the right spot. You can't teach how to just be a lockdown defender almost on the level that, oh, he's not there yet. But like the person I think of when I watch him play defense is Gary Payton. Like they called him the glove for a reason. And it's right. because people only went where he wanted them to go. And I think Isaac Okoro has that ability to turn into that. He's still got to work on that shot. But mm-hmm. as far as defense goes, good gracious. I love watching him play defense. Which is interesting to think about because he's potentially going to be going to a league next year where defense is not, it, it, defense is a thing that they've never heard of there. It's all about how much you can score and how often, which kind of lends itself to the argument does Isaac Okoro stay another year at Auburn? You, you've alluded to that on this podcast, thinking there's a slight chance, maybe not a, don't get your hopes up, Auburn fans, but that maybe he stays to work on that shot a little bit more because I do think the one thing that is holding him back is that shot, whether it's from beyond the three-point arc, the free throw line, that mid-range, but defense, going to the basket and making plays, there's nobody better in college basketball, in my opinion. And I do think, as you said, Okora, obviously, if you just look at stats alone, gets the edge tonight, and time alone, for that matter. I mean, Okora plays 35 minutes. Ashton Hagens only sees 21 minutes. And I'm a little bit disappointed because as much as I want my team to win, and obviously that means it's beneficial if their star player goes out of the game. I kind of like to look around and see how good other players are. So from what you know about Ashton Hagens, do you think that we missed out on seeing a lot more of what he's capable of in this game simply because of his time loss? Or do you just kind of think we saw the best of it? No, I mean, he's definitely a little bit better than that, but I think like, I think that's Hagens of big games. Like I, I it, you look back to last year, in the tournament, that's exactly how he played. Like he was just all over the place, wild as could be. I think the real talent that they have is Maxi. That kid's a monster. Like I, I think that's the one that really come when we have to go back to Rep Arena and play them, and potentially in the SEC tournament as well. That's the one that they got to work on shutting down. I think Maxi, and then quickly right after him, right. Uh, it, they they really got to work on locking those guys down. Higgins doesn't worry me as much. There's a reason he stayed in school for his sophomore season, and it's because he just wasn't at the level to make the hop to the NBA. And on that subject, something I found interesting, Coach Cal was interviewed going into the half, uh, the, the end of the first half, and he even made the comment, just to, to simply put it, and said, we need Ashton Higgins back. And I'm thinking, do you really? I mean, it seems like y'all are doing pretty well on a, uh, you know, having a home court advantage against you without this guy and he seems very sporadic at times i don't know that you really need him but i think it goes to the case of we talked about this a lot this season there seems to be a lot of teams um sec and otherwise that are built around one player or think that they need to be built around one player right now and it seems to me that as hagan's goes kentucky seems to go right now now the beauty of it is is for them is that they have so many other talented players. You brought up a lot of them already that help them stay in games, and I do think they are the keys. When I, I thought quickly tonight really impressed me, uh, a guy I wasn't really aware of until tonight. Twenty three points for him, but can we just can we just address that foul by quickly that he got called for him twice? Uh, the whole I'm going to throw my 
uh, arms up into your arms beyond the three point arc and call it a shooting foul. Come on, that had oh, to... the, the old James Harden. That's... Uh, <sighs> if, if I flail my head back enough and touch my feet, it will be called a foul type situation. That's that's so frustrating. Quickly is ready for the NBA simply because of he's mastered that art of look. I, j- we're no one to talk about the art of uh, selling a foul where there may not be one or just a, an argument for maybe not being one. You know, Jared Harper was great at the flop and slide, but at oh, least I mean, that I one... mean, Dowdy's double majored in the slinging <laughs> the head back like he he he's gotten all of his degrees in that. So, yes. Like, I mean, we're not one to gripe, but yeah, the James Harden crowd nonsense that was very frustrating tonight i mean that you know those were a couple of things that stuck out from the ref calls tonight obviously that would have been in our benefit tonight but you know in all we ended up benefiting more because two players fouled out for uh kentucky night obviously we touched on ashton Hagens and then quickly and i think that's really when the door was shut on kentucky tonight and they realized that they weren't going to be able to squeak this win out tonight um another familiar i feel like we're just rolling down kentucky's roster right now just because yeah, because you love them. You love everyone but Auburn. Kyle. Look, okay, I just – I mean, not... I mean, we, we got a dude in Purefoy had a great game. We got a dude in Wiley had a great game. We got I got plenty of people who have a great game. Shut up, right, Kentucky, fine. man. Then we're going to switch <laughs> over to the other side, sir. You tell me then who you thought played the best game tonight for Auburn. Uh, I think best game is got to go Samir. But I think best under-the-radar performance got to be Dangel. Like, yeah. big shot. Like, just making money on big shots – did really good playing defense you never saw his guy like getting open getting free being a liability I I thought he did I thought both those guys did really well I'd like to throw another name into there for you and one that you haven't mentioned yet uh coming off the bench Jamal Johnson only four points but he's four for five from the free throw line and he took some hard fouls twice I believe I counted that he kind of either got knocked down or tripped up on a shot really and went down to the ground hard so from uh, a guy that we haven't heard a lot lately coming off the bench. I thought Jamal um, contributed when called upon, even if it's just making your free throws. And uh, speaking of which Auburn's make 75% tonight. Fair enough. Not my 80% that I want, but drew, I got us. I got to think that's the difference in the game here tonight is Auburn being able to knock down free throws, which kept them in the game at times when the Kentucky had to leave, but allowed them to extend the lead as well. Yeah, I mean, they definitely did a good job attacking the basket. I think that's something that this Auburn team hasn't been doing well lately and made a concentrated effort of, hey, we're not a great jump shooting team. Let's get into the lane. And I think the other thing is they attacked the glass hard. Even when they were missing shots and weren't getting the foul call, they were getting the offensive rebound. They out-rebounded Kentucky tonight, 42-28. to 28. But then on the offensive rebounding end, 17-6 to 6 discrepancy. Like that is getting some second chance points. And I, I think that was the other big difference for Auburn. Yeah, they got to the line a lot, but they attacked the glass. And this is against a Kentucky team that is athletic and large and should rebound well. And Auburn just outdid them in that category. They out hustled and worked them. And a lot of that is thanks to Austin Wiley, who had a very quiet double-double tonight, I felt like. 12 points for him, 10 rebounds in only 18 minutes of play. And this is largely in part because he had not one, not two, but three fouls in the first half. Again, one I know of, maybe another one was a questionable at best. And one was also a very stupid decision on his part to reach in beyond the uh, to a player beyond the arc where you shouldn't, A, be guarding someone at all at your size, but also reaching in. Um, so that being said, being in foul trouble, 
and getting the points and rebounds he did. You know, I, I feel like I should give a little bit more credit than him because, you know, we were talking about Purifoy and Okoro and Dowdy and maybe even Jamal Johnson some credit. But when you talk about rebounds being a difference in this game, you got to give a lot of credit to Austin Wiley. Yeah, I mean, especially whenever you take into account going up against Nick Richards, who is probably going to be in consideration for the SEC Player of the Year and probably freshman of the year. I think he's a freshman. I think that's the other word he's up for, but just a really good player. And Wiley, limited minutes, did very well against him and just was able to get in the lane, seal off, rebound at a high rate, and then draw fouls. Like, I mean, he only got to the line five times, but really did a good job of not getting caught putting the ball on the ground and trying to go back up with it. He was just going back up hard every time. And so, you know, it, Bruce said it in the pregame that we got to see ESPN's little clip of, like, if you're good today, you can beat Kentucky. And everyone came out and played good. Like, that's bad grammar, but they played they played good <laughs> basketball. Like, that's what they did. And just really happy with the all-around team performance. We didn't rely on one individual just to blow it up. Yeah. It, it, it was a good shared effort. Even it, even Javon McCormick had a shared effort in this. <laughs> it's like you knew where I was going with this one tonight. So, look, uh, you know, I think we saw some of those moments that have frustrated us about Javon in this game, but uh, with only four points, he does get five rebounds, little guy. And l- let me point this out to you. The two moments that stick out for me in this game for him are him getting back on defense and blocking a guy that's got a good six inches on him shot, which was an easy layup. But also uh, when he drove to the basket through the lane, I think about six, five minutes left in the half and scored um, a little put back in. I think that gave Auburn the lead. Um, I thought McCormick made his stats count at very uh, not opportune is not the right word, but uh, very much needed times for Auburn tonight. And I think that's what we want to see more of McCormick is doing less when it's not needed, but doing more when it is needed. I know that's kind of redundant, but that's kind of the way I like to think of it, Drew. Yeah, he, I mean, he did exactly everything that you could ask from him. He took maybe two bad shots. He only took five all night, but there was a three in the corner of the, I mean, I think he was just itching. Like, he yeah. just had to take it. Had to. And, <laughs> and there was an, but like, everything he did tonight was, was good because he played within himself. Right. He he didn't let the moment get too big for him. He played very good defense. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he stuck in front of quickly on, two or three possessions, one that we got a 24 second or a 30 second violation on. And I, you know, he played a very good game. That's the Javon McCormick that is going to lead this team into the, the deep stretches of NCAA tournament run. Like this if we, is, if we get so that Javon McCormick, that's, that's the exact guy we need. He plays within the team. He doesn't try to do too much. He understands that his role is to facilitate. He rebounded well. He played tough defense. We don't need him to go out and get 20 points a game. We don't need him to be going too fast. We just need him to get the thing going. And he had some minuscule moments tonight. But overall, I thought he had a very much Jekyll and Hyde performance this week of Mississippi or Ole Miss was atrocious. And this game, he did exactly what he needed to do. And you look, Kentucky's a decent team, a ranked team a quad one win that's going to get you a lot of 
a lot of clout in the world. It's going to should boost you up the rankings a little bit and really set you off. You beat them by nine points. Could have been more if we would have hit some more foul shots. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't struggle throughout the game. Like we struggled to score at times, but that wasn't because Javon McCormick was doing anything wrong. Well, it's because you're playing against a really great team that plays pretty decent defense in their own right here. And, you know, like you said, this is a, a team effort here tonight. And, and it seems cliche to stay, say that, but it really was. And just to give a shout out to those that we haven't yet, Anthony McLemore also uh, subbing in a lot for Austin Wiley, held his own and contributed a lot uh, seven points for him, but Alan Flanagan and Devin Cambridge, while they didn't score points tonight, came in and filled in roles that were very much needed tonight. So all around team effort, and you already brought it up that this is a quad one win for Auburn. Is this Auburn's best win of the year thus far? Oh, the tough one, isn't I, it? I would say so. Like yeah. I, I'd be hard pressed to say it isn't right now. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I would say it is quad, the the best win we have is obviously a quad one win. Yeah, it's at home, but you the the look of it too. It, yeah. You didn't just scrape by the by the skin of your teeth. Like mm-hmm. Auburn won this game. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so I, I, I yeah I think that's the best win Auburn has. Yeah, and I think it's a one that'll serve us well going forward. Obviously, you'd love for it to be on the road. There's going to be an opportunity for Auburn to do that coming up very soon uh, when we go to Lexington. Uh, but for now, we're gonna relish in this and uh enjoy beating our what is becoming a very good rivalry between coach pearl and coach cal already in kentucky the wildcats and the tigers uh the story continues and we'll be uh, talking about it a little bit more later on this season and maybe even in postseason play as well real quick before we move, move on to the next game i do want to bring up a couple of notes uh this is always important to me after losing a father uh, to cancer and it wasn't this specific type of cancer that this event is for but this was the outlive uh game where um, you can buy a t-shirt to support uh, awareness for prostate cancer out there. And Drew, I got to tell you, I love the fact that he brought Bruce Pearl brought this when he first got here, but maintains it. And you got to think that it went a long way to bring up awareness with this being on a national stage, Auburn getting the win that, you know, Bruce has got to be really thinking, obviously I'm happy about the win, but for what I did, for a greater purpose, not him personally, but our program did for a greater purpose. It's got to make you feel really good. Yeah. I mean, definitely it helps you take a step back and realize that like the world's so much larger than sports. There's so many other things that are going on and that need attention. And I'm glad for people like Bruce Pearl and the rest of the staff and Alan Green, even Jay Jacobs before that, who've allowed Bruce to bring this and, and really something he's passionate about to Auburn and really make it a stage. Because, I mean, we didn't talk about it on this week's show, but I mean, obviously the Kobe Bryant stuff has affected right. everyone with the, just the sudden tragic loss, not just of him, but of children in that. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's... I think this just goes to serve uh, that basketball and sports in general, like there's so much bigger things than winning a game against Kentucky. And uh, even if we would have taken an L tonight, the fact that awareness for cancer, which everyone's affected by was represented tonight. You have to love it. Like I I, I do. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that the, that his eyes are on bigger things than just this basketball program. Just yet another reason to love Bruce Pearl. Gosh, I love that man. Uh, Last note before we move on to the Arkansas game. Jared Harper is supposedly getting called up to play 
uh, professional basketball with the Suns. And Drew, my understanding is that means he'll be on the roster and playing soon. He'll be on the roster. You don't know if he'll get in the game. Who knows? The Suns are the trashiest organization in all of sports. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I feel bad for Jared Harper. It's basically like playing for a trailer park league when you play but, for the Suns. Like, but in the same token, though, Drew, that if they're that bad, that means you might get a chance to play. So, can he really complain? I mean, no, but yes. I mean, you have to play for the Suns. Like Devin Booker is probably going to just take the ball out of his hands and say, "I want to shoot," and like that—that's the type of franchise he's in. DeAndre well, Ayton takes steroids. Like, hopefully, Jared Harper doesn't take steroids with DeAndre Ayton or anything oh, like no. that. Like, just just live your small life. Just <laughs> shoot a bunch of threes. Do do your thing. Just but you know, j- just get out of the Suns organization is all my only advice for him. <laughs> well, we'll see if he can do that, but we'll be watching with uh, eager anticipation to see uh, if he does get in in the coming days and weeks uh, so Auburn can celebrate again having a player in the uh, National Basketball Association. Um, let's kind of blow through this because we're running out of time, but uh, Arkansas is up next. We're heading to Fayetteville. They're coming in 16-5, and 4-4 four and four in the SEC, 6 p.m. Central Time this Tuesday, the 4th. Um, you can watch this on sec network primetime game on tuesday night drew um you gotta think here this is auburn's chance to again build some separation from them and the rest of uh the middle pack of the sec they've already kind of established themselves as being in the upper echelon after beating kentucky uh so kentucky lsu and uh auburn would probably fall in that category but arkansas they've been trying to make their way up the ladder but they're having a few struggles what's your opinions of this this arkansas team Arkansas can score in bunches. Uh, Musselman's a creepy man as a coach. The fact that he's just <laughs> like five foot five and buffed out of his mind. Uh, this game worries me more than the Kentucky game does. Yeah, it does. Because they have guards that can score. But we have guards who can defend. And so you're hoping, obviously, Dowdy and McCormick come to play like they did today because this is this is a big game. And you hope Okoro uh, just sticks like glue on one of them and doesn't get into foul trouble because if all three of those things happen, then booyah Auburn's looking at 20 and two. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a case of who's going to be better, our defense or their offense. Um, You'd like to think right now, the way Auburn's playing coming off of this game, uh, that the defense is going to be ready to come and and shut down. Hopefully what has been a very uh, potentially deadly offense at times. They did just get a win at uh, Tuscaloosa, which we were unable to do uh, for uh, 82 to 79. That score was uh, they were able to squeak that one out there at the end. Their signature wins are at Indiana at Georgia tech. They did take a bad hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Georgia, Texas signature win now. Look, I was atrocious. trying to give them, them some credit. It's the ACC. I tr- Indiana was all real I could come bad. Our E2C group could put a team together and go beat Georgia Tech right now. Here I am trying to give Arkansas some kind of case to make that they're a pretty decent team, and Drew is just shooting them down. They're not a pretty decent team. They're a pretty average team. Fair enough, and that's why they sit at the middle pack of the SEC right now. But even so, you've said that you're worried about their offense. Do you think Auburn could be subject to a little bit of an emotional letdown after the win over Kentucky? Absolutely, because we're Auburn, and we can't have nice things for long periods of time. (laughs) 
that's the mentality of being an Auburn fan here. Uh, so we're going to hope that doesn't happen. Uh, just to give you another player to watch here, uh, their top scorer and rebounder is Mason Jones, their junior guard, 19.2 points per game. So that gives you perspective of what Drew was talking about, about scoring in bunches. Uh, he's also their top rebounder with 6.4 rebounds per game. So it seems to be a team built around not maybe not one player, but they have they lean a lot on Mason Jones. So they have two of the top three scorers in the SEC right now. And and Joe being the second one. So yeah, it's gonna get real fun. It'll be really interesting. Uh hopefully Auburn is not gonna be subject to that letdown and we'll be talking about a uh, a three game winning streak here in the SEC going forward. Let me give you a quick update on the women's as a basketball team as they've been going on. They did sadly take a loss at number nine, Mississippi State, uh, 78 to 73. Now, this is two losses back to back on the road to ranked teams, but I will tell you what I'm encouraged by is the way they played on the road against ranked teams, almost got the win at Kentucky, and were in position to maybe have the win here in Mississippi State. So I'm very encouraged about what I've seen. They will be coming home to beat a uh, I say beat and hopefully beat a uh, very winnable game against Vanderbilt this Sunday, the second at 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Drew, that is all we have here on this edition of Inside the Jungle. But if people want to reach you, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P, zero two. And you can find me on Twitter as well at TigerEye24. Thank you for listening to this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?